Listen up, fanboy. That's right, you live fanboy. It's the Fanboy Planet Podcast, broadcasting live from Bacon 2011 in Santa Clara, California. And here he is, that debonair man about town, Derek McCaw. Oh, that's me. Uh, this is Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of FanboyPlanet.com. We are podcasting uh, from the Hyatt in Santa Clara, California, between the Alameda Room and the Camino Real. Uh, next to me is our at least once a year guest, which we decided we we're gonna, you are our target manager. I don't know. Do, will you take that? Uh, uh, occasionally write about anime. Sounds so dangerous. Fan our boy, anime editor. Yeah. Fanboy, gamer, stuff, things. Right, yes. right. Anyway, tell them who you are. I'm Jason Shackett. Okay. Uh, That's all we have to say. I know, you know. And on the say? other side of Jason, neatly sandwiching him in between... Uh, well, I don't know. He was not comfortable with that. Metaphor. He wasn't before, so I'm going to go with it again. Yeah. Uh, our podcast producer, Moral Compass, engineer, um, and there we go. And basic knob twiddler, Rick Brett Snyder. Okay, oh, we had to go with the knob. That was no better than the, the thousand men with a thousand fingers. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Either way, you sound like a bad 60s Batman villain. The knob uh, twiddler. twiddler. <laughs> the man of a thousand fingers. That sounds like a good 60s Batman villain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 I'd watch that I meant the TV the show. Twiddler. <laughs> oh, no, it's the Twiddler. Uh, so, uh, we talk about comics, we talk about movies, we talk about television, all fandom-oriented, uh, and, uh, and we have a live uh, We have a live student audience, audience to actually hear us, so noise. make some noise again. Yeah. They sound like even more people than they did on the first take. That's great. That is fantastic. Okay, Lovely. and uh, of course, uh, one of the features of the live podcast, I guess they're really all live, but when we actually come to Baycon or to conventions and podcast out, play a game called Ask the Zorlac. It's not even a game. It's Ask a Question at various times throughout the podcast, and we give out prizes because we, we get previews of the year and pass the savings on to you. So mm. uh, we'll be getting through that at various times. <laughs> We're like your credit through. union for not really, geek uh, stuff. <laughs> for, oh, geek credit. No geek credibility. And there we go. So uh, let's start with some comics news, shall we? Mm. May we? Mm. Let's. Okay. I, I read I'm, comics. I'm just checking. All right. Well, uh, one thing that gets to a wider audience is everybody knows Superman. So I'm going to do a very quick backup. There was a, a, what I found a really fantastic, interesting uh, legal uh, breakthrough this week. That I don't know if people are aware that uh, the Siegel and Schuster estate are suing DC for the rights uh, to, for uh, Superman. Who's Siegel and Schuster? Well, the, creators, uh, the, the creators of Superman back in 1938 or really back in 1935. Uh, it was just D, uh, National Comics were the ones that bought it uh, for, I think, a dollar and, uh, and some, some glass beads. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and so their estate has been suing. DC countersued their attorney. Uh, a couple of years ago, laid down a countersuit to this man named Mark Tobleroff, claiming that he was actually inserting himself into the legal argument and poisoning the relationship between the Siegel and Schuster heirs so that he could wrest control of Superman himself. And lo and behold, apparently one of Tobleroff's associates left the law firm, stole some documents, and let them go to uh, D.C., in which it was essentially proven... Uh, that one of the heirs was not joining in on the lawsuit because he felt that Tobleroff was trying to insert himself into the lawsuit and wrest control of Superman away from the heirs. And uh, so because these were stolen documents, they were considered inadmissible. But apparently Mark Tobleroff actually released them in an unrelated lawsuit, and therefore uh, the district uh, court has now ruled that DC and now Warner Brothers actually gets to use these documents as evidence in their case to possibly regain complete control over Superman, which they have not lost, but the consequences have been, this is why we're rushing into a Zack Snyder Superman movie. Oh They're trying to get God. everything they can out of uh, out of Superman before they would have to start sharing the profit. This is why for a couple of years DC Comics did not have a Superboy Right, character. because Superboy was free and clear uh, mm. a mm. Joe Siegel creation. So, uh, or Jerry Siegel, Joe Schuster, Jerry Siegel. Uh, so I just found that really fascinating as a breakthrough in here that the, the case just keeps getting more and more convoluted, and all we want is our quality Superman. 
So fighting for truth, justice, and the American way, meaning let's do it in the courts. Uh, that's the American way. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, it just, and, it, and it's got its own supervillain now. Mark Toblerov is like the Lex Luthor of corporate identity. Well, and I think the great thing is that name because I just taste Toblerone every time you say it's that. Right, 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 you know. yes. Caramel. Oh, mm-hmm. It's all that nougat. What honey. is the nut in the center? Hazelnut? Is that the what Hazelnut yeah. has? Yes. Oh, uh, God. Let's get some Toblerone. Oh, <laughs> later. Later. Okay. <laughs> I'll be back. All right. We're going to talk. So uh, I have like a lot of legal news happen this week or or financial news Mm. that uh, it was sort of leaked this week that, that, you know, how D.C. has been saying we're going to hold the line at two ninety nine. Yeah, they're going to try to make And apparently in the um, season finale, series finale of Smallville, they had a flash of the 2018. Yes. uh, Superman stuff, which I haven't actually watched yet, but they're still saying. Hold the line at two ninety nine, dude. That that open that opening scene is shot like a beautiful movie, and you have to at least you, you watch that. I will. Mm. I promise you. I will. I'm only two episodes behind. Okay. Uh, I have a feeling I'm going to be disappointed, so I'm like putting off. You that will disappointment. not be disappointed. Okay. You will promise not me. Be this is yeah. you said that in front of five people now. That yes, you know. Yeah. Uh, what if I'm disappointed next week? We'll you will not be disappointed. Okay. Uh, anyway, so DC has been holding the line at two ninety nine, and Marvel accidentally leaked this week that their top selling comics they're going to hold the line at three ninety nine, but cut the page count. What? Yes. So they've been doing twenty. That makes it they're lighter, so you're less likely to strain yourself. Right. Uh, your right. So I better uh, the savings in healthcare will be made up for. <laughs> It'll be uh, real fun. Yeah. That they're holding uh, Spider Man and the Avengers, their top selling books, uh, and we're talking books several because everything is not just one title, of course. Yeah. Every character has to appear in about seven or eight titles because Disney needs the money. I'm, I'm, I'm going to guess that this wasn't like one coherent. Po- uh, uh, Press release who said, "Hey, we're keeping the price the same." And no, it was the just sort count. of an interview with Tom Brevoort, editor in chief, and they just kind of they kind of, kind of said, "Oh, we're going to sneak this out," uh, because uh, Spider-Man writer Dan Slott has been saying, "Yeah, DC's holding the line at two ninety nine, but they're taking a bath on these books. It's got they're losing money." Except what uh, they've discovered statistically is that DC sales actually have gone up because they are cheaper and more people are trying more of the books. They're trying more books. Buying without more having books. without having a new storyline or a jump on spot. So without getting into t- too many details, 299 on DC is 20 pages. 20 pages. 399 for Marvel is going to be 22 pages. Of 22 story. pages. So a dollar more you get two more pages of incoherent art. So wait, that well, that depends on no, the title. No, I know. I'm kidding. But wouldn't that mean that DC actually cut pages first? Uh, they cut two. They cut. Standard. They cut yeah. two pages. Yes, they did. Right. But I'll tell you, I, I would say that DC cut down to 20 pages, and DC books have gotten better. And mm. Rick and I have talked about this off the air. I don't know if we talked about it on the air, but the storytelling has gotten tighter, and they're less likely to be using these super huge double page spreads and splash pages and the filler dead. filler stories at the end. And yeah, and don't don't lose track. The DC um, also brought back letter pages. And they brought yeah, that's true. Oh, they brought back letter yeah. com- letter pages in their book. And DC Comics at two ninety nine are looking more like the comics that people think they remember buying. Yeah, than they have in a long, long time. Yep. So, so they get mylar foil covers. Nope. No. No. Mylar foil. No. Not. Not. Not that time period. So we'll have to see. Artists on every. No. 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 Uh, just. Now, so DC's you can get issue one A and one B. No, that's Marvel. Okay. Now, yeah. Aside from that spoiler in Smallville, about eighteen years or. Uh, Seven oh, years from now. Oh. That, that, the math uh, is good. 2018 plus 2011. By the way, Seven years from now. Uh, Splitter, the, uh, Smallville ended a few weeks ago. Yes. And I understand yeah. that. I'm, I'm just woefully but, behind. I've but they've, na- they've made no commitment to keeping that, drawing that line and holding it for any amount of time. No, they have no. not. Right. But no, and now it's, on, it's been on network television, so it must be true. Yeah. Really? Sure. That's We're going with that. It was on Fox. Okay. Well, but you didn't. It was on Ooh, the CW, oh, yeah, and you don't know. And that could have been for a two-page comic book. <laughs> so you open the cover, surprise, nothing's in there Digital. but an ad for another book you yeah. can read. Right. Uh, <laughs> One page, but tune in next week for <laughs> coupon. another panel. Mm. Uh, so um, I I also I want to say, you know, we just had a couple weeks ago, or at the beginning of the month, free comic book day. How many of you attended a free comic book day? In the audience. Nobody. Uh, nobody knew. Uh, oh, uh, yeah, the greatest American hero, uh, Mr. Mr. Hinckley, uh, attended. Uh, we have here, of course, the little thing about love, uh, Comic, uh, about well, how many people have heard of New Comic Book Day? Okay, yeah. good. Yeah, where of course uh, just too proud to take a handout, huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. we're not too proud to beg here because we got all of them. But I, I wanted to point out one uh, because uh, 
this kind of again crossover. We mentioned Batman in the '60s, sounding like the Batman villain. Yes. Blue Water Press on their Free Comic Book Day chose this to do a preview of their new book called "The Misadventures of Adam West." Did you pick that book up? I did. Don't think so. I don't. Okay. Think so the Misadventures of Adam West uh, is licensed from Adam West by a company that has been infamous for not paying creators. Uh, but now they themselves have, have announced this week that they're doing a new line of biographical comics that will be creator-owned. Still, nobody's getting money up front, but uh, if they're turned to profit, mostly for people that are uh, their biographical comics about comedians. So they're going to start with the George Carlin and a Lucille Ball comic. And then you could, I suppose, sort of tune in that this Misadventures of Adam West thing is. But the Misadventures of Adam West, i got to say, the eight-page preview was actually an interesting story that I may give Blue Water Press... Uh, some of my money for. Adam West uh, spends about six pages um, wandering around in a uh, in an industry that no longer wants sort of his what he what he's terming as an outdated morality and a sense of making it black and white. And and he said that in the in the media for several years. You know that he wishes that there was sort of an Uncle Batman for kids again, a chance that you know it's a family friendly, everyone can enjoy, just like his television series, getting on different levels. So he's wandering around. And um, somehow he ends up in a time slip, gets into his car, turns on the radio, and suddenly he's young Adam West again, now stuck in a James Bond adventure. So kind of a chance for him to travel <laughs> through genres wow. uh, with his morality into the genres that he was not allowed to do because oh, his... Jam- James Bond with the big biff. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, you know, so I just find... autobiographical, though, uh, for Adam West. Adam West's yeah. fantasy life as yeah. a young man, and I find, and he seems in, in eight pages as perplexed by the turn of events yeah. as anybody else would, but I kind of, it, the, at least six pages was really a good setting the stage for exactly how, what his moral code, what he wants to be bringing back into comics and, and to entertainment. You said this, this scene of, uh, you know, no, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. Will Bond be torn in half by the laser? <laughs> Tune in tomorrow. Maybe. Same Bond we'll time. He looks, Same Bond? I said, I'm not saying he's James Bond. This is like being Bond-like is what it looks like. Okay. But then you thought about we it. Adam West James in a tuxedo Bond. when he was in the in the 60s, uh, he cut a pretty good figure. Yeah, despite, sure. the, despite the urban myth that he looked paunchy in the suit, that was his stuntman. And, you know, that... Really, because I, I, I've I've looked up you know shots of him and you know he's actually pretty trim, but the stuntman okay. was the one who actually had the gut. <laughs> he was Batman. That's all. <laughs> was, I mean. That's all we care he about. So I, I that book's coming out in June uh, in just a few weeks, and we got a break here I and do do up. a you know mm. we should do a, a question and giveaway and absolutely let's go. So lead it on, baby. Anyone in the que- in the audience have a question that they'd like to ask about comics, science fiction, movies, whatever. To our resident Zorlak, there will be prizes, and you don't necessarily have to stump him to to be to to win. You just have to you have to ask, to ask, ask a good, question. A question. All right, there we go. Okay. Come on up. Yeah, step up to the mic so it can be heard. Let's um, bring the mic. No, yeah, I think I'm your only female listener. I'm the one who emailed. Yeah, that's what I thought. I saw you yesterday in the Green Lantern shirt, and you disappeared at the podcast yeah, battle. Um, so, dressed in a blue Power Ranger. What's your name? Ashley Facavo. Hi, Fakavad? Ashley. But, um, you don't know how to say your own last name? <laughs> what hope do we have? Okay. Um, so my question is, um, how come Hal Jordan wears a mask, but no other Green Lantern seems to? And why is he the only one who seems to wear a mask? All right. Uh, I can actually go with it. If you want to sit down and... Uh, I don't know, figure oh, out what stand up. You, you might, oh, you you might can stand up. All right. Don't let him push you around. I'm sorry. I just thought she might be more comfortable sitting because, of course, once you've unleashed the Zorlak, he talks a lot. Yeah. Uh, Hal Jordan originally wore the mask because uh, that was the standard he was considered as having a secret identity. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the other uh, – originally, the, when they first did the Green Lantern Corps, many of them were uh, – many of the aliens were shown as having masks as well. They're kind of retcon that they are seen as global protectors – on planets that usually don't have uh, heroes heroes and secret identities. So it's just considered everyone in the rest of the galaxy or the universe understands that there is a Green Lantern Corps. This is like your friendly neighborhood policemen. They're more full-time, too. Yeah, they're full-time. That's what they do. Hal has the secret identity. However, you may notice that there are several other humans that are Green Lanterns, which becomes a, a question. Guy Gardner... 
uh, just decided he was going to be a badass, so he wasn't going to. But the first one to actually be given the mask, John Stewart. The ring. Uh, the ring. Yeah. But he had the mask in his first appearance. Yes, he did. But uh, back when they said, I love that Neil Adams cover that said, you whipped the Green Lantern, now try me. Because um, uh, he was uh, now politically incorrectly referred to as the Black Lantern in his first. And now the Black Lanterns are zombies that eat hearts. So uh, It's the same thing. But well, he yeah. said he wasn't going to hide his face. So they, when he first got the ring, the mask appeared, and he removed it. And so uh, Kyle w- still wears a mask, as whatever Ion. they call him. As uh, He's not Ion. He now, was uh, Ion The Daxamite is. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. The, there's another one who, is, who is, has, the, has the power of, power of Ion. But uh, Kyle Rayner still wears a mask. So that's it. On Pretty planets, much the same reason. On planets where they're full-time Green Lanterns, they don't wear a mask. Uh, if they're on a planet where they're supposed to be able to have a private life and not be seen as the world's protector, then they have to wear the mask. I think that well, was a pretty good question. That was a pretty yeah, good question? Was. Wasn't right. it, though, with uh, Guy Gardner that um, it was the redesign for Crisis, right? When he was yeah. resurrected and they gave him the new costume. That yes, didn't and that didn't, didn't look like yeah. any other uh, Green Lantern. Yes. Yeah. So uh, we've got a lot of things here. What, what kind of genre are you into? Sci-fi? Are you a comic? Uh, manga? Manga? Anime? Adventure. I don't know. Here we go then. I'm going to say, courtesy of Arcana Comics, a box set of Cade uh, comics. So uh, two full storylines in there. And uh, there you go. Thank, Thank you, Ashley. You. Thank you All very right. much for the question. There we go. Question. Yeah, it was a good question. It was. And so timely with Green Lantern, the film, co- not to be confused with Green Hornet, which I'm still seeing that confusion. Why uh, does Green Hornet wear a mouse? Why does Green Hornet wear a mouse? Because he has a, I don't know. Uh, because he's a bad guy who fights other bad guys. Okay. Um, Wait, is it another green? No, 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 no. And let's not even get into the green llama. So, uh, I, but speaking, there we go. We just made an actual nice transition because there is a character who can become wears a mask as Green Hornet, but he's not the Green Hornet, and that would be Captain Action. Oh yeah. The action figures, which are fantastically being revived this uh, this summer, coming back to Toys R Us near you. Uh, now, did you have those when you were a kid? Did you uh, no, I uh, was unfortunately I was like a year too young, which is a weird thing to say. But really, because they sold so well, by the time I was aware that Captain Action had existed from buying comic books that were like two or three years older at garage sales, yeah, you they were not the at ads. the stores. I yeah, saw yeah. the ads uh, and coveted a Captain Action figure more than anything else in the world as a child, and uh, never got them. But my brothers and I had them. We and I had the Captain Action. Why figure. you must taunt me like that? I had the Captain Action. Greg Espinosa did the same thing, to which me. was really cool because he had this hat. He had the he had a lightning bolt sword, and he will again. And uh, then Action Boy, you know what Action Boy's accessory was? A panther. A panther. Yeah. <laughs> a panther. Because every growing boy needs, needs a, a panther. panther. Uh, Did he wield it like a sword? Sort of. It was awkward. The the panther complained a lot. Yeah. It was sort of like Battle Cat. Oh, I love that. (laughs) But more like with Cringer's voice. Uh, No, I'm kidding. There was never a Captain Action film. Uh, But, yeah, so about 20 years ago this revived. And for those who don't know, Captain Action was created by the same guy that did G.I. Joe. But they wanted to get into the superhero market, so Ideal Toys... Launched this action figure that looked it was the same proportions as a GI Joe figure, and it came with a lightning sword. Yep, and uh, he had a gun and a hat. too, and a hat because yep. he was a captain, a gun military captain. Boots. Uh, but the, the the gimmick with him was that you could buy a complete costume and mask and accessories for other superheroes. Uh, so there was a Spider Man, uh, there was a Captain America, Superman, uh, fan, uh, Green Hornet, Superman, Batman. Phantom, all kinds of just yeah. everybody in the days when licensed uh, licensed characters was were not as expensive and, his and owned by villain. conglomerates. Doctor hmm. Evil, he is the first Doctor Evil, was his villain. So who, about, is, who is so painfully, uh, painfully hiply drawn in this uh, kind of Nehru wore jacket a Nehru jacket, like, had an exposed brain and blue skin with oversized yellow he eyes. He had a human head, like a human face that went over his Doctor Evil yes, face. So. Yes, yes, yes. I can relate to that. You could. Oh. Something horrible is about to happen. Jason. Anyway, uh, so about 15, 20 years ago, a company called Playing Mantis revived them uh, and could not get the rights to anything beyond the King Features characters and, and Green Hornet, which is not King Features. but Right. So they had Flash Gordon, the Phantom, uh, Lone Ranger and Tonto, Green Hornet and Kato, and then uh, some of the villains were there, too. There was a Ming the Merciless costume you could get. Uh, only they would actually make you buy whole dolls with the costumes again. 
So you couldn't have that advantage of fun of like, I've got all the costumes, I'm going to change his clothes. This year, a company is reviving. Captain Action Enterprises is uh, reviving and has done uh, the amazing thing of licensing with Marvel. So Captain Action will be returning to stores in the fall. I think they're going to do a launch at Comic-Con. That was their intended hope. I don't know if they're going to make it. But uh, launching so there will be a Spider-Man, Captain America, Iron Man, and Thor outfit. Yeah, I was going to say it's got to be. And for each extra outfit, each each outfit you buy, there is a piece of a Hawkeye outfit. So if you buy all four costumes, you get a fifth hero for free, right? But they made it Hawkeye. Well, because Hawkeye is going to be who they're pushing in Avengers. next summer in the Avengers. Yeah. If you blinked and you missed it and wasn't aware that that's who it was, Academy Award nominee, nominated actor Jeremy Renner shows up in Thor in a clearly after the rest of the film was done shot cameo. Uh, <laughs> is, like, is there. Do you want me to do anything? Yeah, tell me if you want me to do anything. Uh, yeah, we'd like you, you to sign for the next film. Okay, I guess you uh, don't want me to do anything. Okay, <laughs> so I'm done. I'm done. Uh, I'm really rooting for this guy for no other reason than, boy, he fights well. Um, anyway, so that would be the Hawkeye push. That's why I think they're uh, they're doing that. Hawkeye? Hawkeye's, yes, Hawkeye. Hawkeye's uh, pretty awesome. So, But the yeah, real but reason I put that is there. let us tie in here. Uh, but the thing that I thought would excite Rick and perhaps some of our listeners mm-hmm. is that a fan favorite painter, Joe Jusco, yeah. is a huge Captain Action fan. And he is doing all of the box, box art. art. For all the Captain Action Very figures. Very nice. Yeah. The other thing I point, I, I'd like to point out is that they've also re-sculpted his face so he looks like a Murphy Anderson drawing. And Murphy Anderson was the one who did the original box art. Joe's face? No. The, uh, yes, Joe's face. That must have cost I know. They've re-sculpted the Captain Action figure's face so it actually looks like the drawing that Mar- Murphy Anderson originally Excellent. did Excellent. in the 60s. So naturally, then they get Joe Jusco to do all the art. But, you know, that's okay. Um, so for the first time, he's changed a little differently. Maybe a little price here. The initial thing I'd seen on the price was that it was going to be $25 for the figure and then $20 for each costume. But Diamond uh, Previews had them listed for uh, $40 and 35 for comic shops, which is usually more expensive. So I'm hoping, hoping that Toys R Us will have them for wow. a more reasonable 25 yeah. and 20 Hawkeye? That's a lot. You're gonna, you got to get over this. I Hawkeye. Mean, I'm waiting for the Warner Brothers. Come know, on, get the DC I, characters I, in there. Hawkeye's I, the closest thing that the Marvel Universe has to Batman. You see, I would have said, you know, in Really? You think Hawkeye is listening to Green Arrow? Oh. Yeah, yeah, he's got a point there. But no, I mean, the traditional way Maybe, you do it is... but it doesn't change what I said. You, you have them... Bu- <laughs> oh, God. You no, no, I've been with you for a while. Though, right? Nothing can change what you said. <laughs> Anyway, you have ahead. them buy the costume packs, and yes. each costume ca- pack comes with some large, like, leg armor or something like that. Yes. Tell me that isn't perfect for Iron Man. But they're already, you can already get an Iron Man. You can they already get the Iron Man for Captain Action that's already out? It's not already out, though, right? So you should make Iron Man the gold star everyone's reaching for. I see. Okay, see? We'll, write that, we'll write that letter mm-hmm. right after the podcast. So right. what other, would you like, you a, would you prefer greedy. a Black Widow costume? On Captain Action? A whole new... I I don't know. Wait. We just crossed the line. Action Boy did not... But not for Baycon, we didn't. Action Boy had a Black Canary outfit. It was really... Uh, (laughs) We're not supposed to talk about that. Uh, And no word on if there's an Action Boy or or Dr. Evil coming out. I think they're trying to just... See, check the market and see. Michael Myers would get all huffy. Because I I don't don't know... uh, You know, I don't know. There's there's been, like, attempts to revive the Mego style action figures, the 8-inch ones from the 70s. Uh, And there's a line that Mattel's been doing for for DC characters. I don't know how well those are selling. I know that I walk into a Toys R Us and there's a lot of Sinestros, but that's that's all that I can can see. So... Wait, which size are those ones? Are those the 8-inch ones? You know, like the world's greatest superheroes. In fact, I think Mattel's calling them the world's greatest superheroes again. And they look like the Mego carded figures. Okay. I think those cards sell look pretty like. well, but it's a collector's market. Yeah. Do you get those at Target? Yeah. Do you um, get the guys? I've never seen them at Target, so. Yeah. Get, Do you get you the know, guys lining up at the store before well, the no, door okay, opens so in the here, morning? Okay, so here's a trick in retail. So we have to say this. Jason does actually mm-hmm. work for a Target store, so he um, is our target market for collectors. So, Go ahead. So one thing that a lot of collectors will do is they will buy up every single uh, action figure in a certain line. You know, they will just load up a cart with everything that's on the shelf. They'll ask for everything that's in the back room and empty out a store. They then return them to another store, but the fact that they have emptied out that store means that the first store had to uh, get some more in. So what that does is increase their chances of getting 
the specific figures that they are looking for. So they are forcing inventory to shift around and thus, you know, get the ones they are looking for by having the store bring them in, basically. This sounds crazy and complex and only for people that don't have day jobs. I I think their day jobs may involve eBay, but um, they deny it. So, you know, but yeah, these guys are collectors, really hardcore, and they return like 500 figures all at once. No price difference or anything. They are just shifting around inventory so they. And can yet, get I still cannot find these figures at Target. Of course, we live in the Silicon you know, Valley, probably, and you live in Southern California. It's probably your Target that you can't find them at. Now, one that's like five miles away—that's probably got them all because somebody returned them all there. Okay. You see how it works. I'm confused. You see how it works? I, who has time? Somebody. Oh, lordy. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> this might be a good point for another question. Anybody want to take a stab transition to movie news? Anybody have any questions? Who wants to stab Fabulous prize. Or shall we widen our base by talking about movies and then see if, ah, we could expand this out? Movies, video games. I did want to. There's some people with with their fingers up on their heads thinking. So let's let's go ahead and move to movies. Well, let's go. You know, we were talking about the Avengers next summer uh, coming out with Hawkeye, Jeremy Renner, one of the many characters. Hawkeye? Uh, Latino Review? Uh, or it may have been superhero hype, leaked the, what they believe is the secret villain of the Avengers. Beyond, we know that um, Loki. Loki was going to be in it. Mm. We know that the New, Mexi- New Mexico Film Commission has mentioned that they believed that the Skrulls were going to be in it. Well, Rick, of all people, will note that uh, in Thor, in Odin's Hall of Trophies, there are several items that uh, sharp-eyed fans would recognize from all kinds of aspects of Marvel continuity. One of which is the Infinity Gauntlet. Mm. So if you have the Infinity Gauntlet, who would be the super secret villain that might appear in the Avengers? I is wonder. he kind of purpley? He could be kind of purpley, depending on what, uh, how bad a day the, color, the colorist was having. <laughs> is he, uh, is he, does he have a tie to some planet outside of the uh, He might, Earth? yes. Uh, his eyes are uh, far back into his skull. Is he a thinly veiled knockoff of Jack Kirby's New Gods? Hmm. You mean yeah, not one particular? <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. Yeah. Does his name relate to death? <laughs> yes. No, okay, yes. Okay, yeah. So Thanos. The, the rumor has mm. it that Thanos is going to be uh, the villain there. Um, and That's a lot of plot line. That is a lot of plot well, line. But you know, but here's the thing: is what people are actually now that calmness has taken over fandom, which happens so rarely. There was a settling in of the news. On the heels of the revelation, that really probably shouldn't have been that big a surprise. That the little sting at the end of Thor, the little, the last little scene that after the credits, right, was, was directed with the, with, by with, with the uh, was actually directed by Joss Whedon. Huh. Was not directed by Kenneth Branagh. Really? So Joss had actually come in and done that scene to kind of link to his style. That actually doesn't that doesn't seem too far fetched because it did feel like the the, the whole pacing at that point changed. Well, yeah. Uh, the rest of the, the movie is stately and yeah. Shakespearean and suddenly it feels like an episode of Buffy. Yes, that would yeah. be uh, <laughs> with, with Samuel L. Jackson <laughs> on it. That yeah, was what I think it was in the suitcase. The Cosmic the Cube. Cube. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, I, I thought that uh, might have been a spoiler. When I saw so that, I that suitcase, I thought, oh, they're going to pull a Pulp Fiction. They're going to open it up. It's going to glow and no one's yeah. going to know what's Samuel L. Jackson it. is well, going to say, I'm, I'm trying to be better. <laughs> and they, uh, well, they did practically the same thing because the Cosmic Cube doesn't really look like anything. Well, so, here's yeah. what we also know. Uh, if you were at Comic-Con and briefly, Captain America footage was leaked onto the web. At Comic-Con, mm. Joe Johnson showed up with literally what they had just shot and edited. First day of shooting. First day oh. of shooting was Hugo Weaving as, uh, I can never remember the Red Skull's secret identity because really, what's the point of him having one? But yeah. um, shows up uh, in, in 1942 uh, with a group of Nazis looking, breaking into what they called Odin's tomb. Oh. And they go in there, and the last thing we see and is... There's a guardian there who misleads gar- them to a fake thing. But they find the Cosmic Cube. And everybody on the floor at, uh, at Comic-Con went nuts seeing the Cosmic now, did Cube. They, I, no, no, I'm no. no, no. I, my recollection now. was different, that they found the fake Cosmic Cube. He recognizes it as a fake. Well, maybe it is. Tosses it away, and then they find a location. But they don't actually show the cube. Well, but the point, you How have the fake Cosmic Cube. If you're fake. introducing the Cosmic Cube right. into the continuity. Yeah. right. And then you got to, which is the thing, playing with the Marvel, Marvel, somebody's already done this on the web, like where the crossovers are. In Thor, there's a reference, and in Iron Man 2, there's a reference to the f- 
to one of the fights that the Hulk is having on the television news in the background right. uh, from the Incredible Hulk. Uh, you know, all through Iron Man 2, Samuel L. Jackson, Nick Fury is complaining about all that trouble in New Mexico, right. which is obviously mm-hmm. Thor, mm-hmm. you know, but that was a year ago, and it just gets more and more convoluted. So really, Thanos may be Avengers 2, and that's how far forward they're, they thinking, they're yeah. making That would work. I mean, you could do a lot of stuff, because that's, that's really cosmic Avengers at that point, and not grounded... Well, we've gone cosmic with Thor. There's yeah, no question. Thor, yeah. and, right. and does anybody in this audience feel spoiled if I say anything about the actual Thor film? Because one thing I noticed, if you're thinking that the Kree and the Skrulls are going to come into Avengers, which I'll assume from the New Mexico leak uh, that it is, yeah. that you notice that Thor explains the nine the tree, realms yeah. in the Tree of Life and actually doesn't explain all nine realms. Stops after about five. Uh-huh. Doesn't he kind of which could things. leave Hala... Yeah. And could leave the the you know so the Kree homeworld and the Skrull homeworld as two of the nine realms in scientific terms. Mm. I really loved the way they they handled that as both. You can say Yggdrasil, the world tree, is it's just like what Straczynski did with Spider Man, saying you could accept that there was a spider god giving him his powers or working through a radioactive spider mm. and say that was magic or you could say it was a radioactive spider and that was science. Right. Either mm. way, it doesn't matter. The point is the guy got the powers. And so by saying Yggdrasil could be Norse Smith or it could be a, so, a way of looking at actual physics in scientific in, in magical terms, eh, who cares as long as you got a good story. So I love that. Anyway, i got to say that. But... So that could be setting up the Kree scroll right there in Thor. Yeah. I don't know that. I know nothing. Because I had this theory that it was all leading to Ultron because you've never seen um, oh, yeah. Jarvis as anything other than a voice. And, uh, and if you get a Hank Pym in there building a robot body mm-hmm. and Jarvis gets into that body, you've got Ultron. That's Avengers 3. That's Avengers 3. Oh, thank you. <laughs> well, we've made... Iron Man 3? But, you know, the thing is we have made, the str- we have made stranger predictions on our podcast. And how long ago was that that... that uh, w- that uh, Lon made this prediction that what what Marvel should do is this story about all these different colored hammers falling to Earth and people picking them up. That was about a year ago. And I, and I just saw on his members scoff at that, and that's actually the plot of the current company wide crossover, Fear Itself. Nine hammers fall to Earth, mm. and different people pick it pick them up. Uh, and so, I, and Lon was joking after. Just because gra- we're crazy doesn't mean we're not right. Yeah. After the Green Lantern Corps became the Care Bears with a bunch of different emotional <laughs> spectrums, and, and you know, there's Red Lanterns and Blue Lanterns, and so Lon was joking and said that they're going to do that with Thor's hammer, and we said no, that will never happen. And lo and behold, sometimes doing this podcast is like an episode of Gilligan's Island. That'll never happen. <laughs> oh my gosh, there are nine different hammers. It's the Harlem Globetrotters. Awesome. <laughs> oh, and there's a robot <laughs> yeah. team of basketball players. Uh, so, ah, uh, and, and so I'm also going to say great things happened in fandom this week that Albert Hughes, who was slated to direct Akira, finally threw up his hands and said, this isn't going to work and walked away from Akira. Yay. I'm not saying that Warner Brothers has given up on it, but considering that every step they have made in developing uh, an adaptation of one of the most respected mangas... And may I say, one of the res- uh, most respect uh, a manga so well-respected that even I have read it. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, the, the and a great film. Well, and, and largely considered great adaptable, animated film. though. Right. So, you know, let's adapt it with uh, with Caucasian actors. Uh, or or they worked so well for they Avatar were, The Last Airbender. They were at a while. Uh, they were willing to compromise and allow Ken Reeves. That's a compromise. That was the compromise. <laughs> yeah, uh, good, to, yeah. To be uh, in Akira. Um, which even <laughs> I recognized was... Just, just painful. Just yeah, everything about that. Wow. Just, just horrible. Uh, so Albert Hughes has walked away, which means maybe, just maybe, Akira will never happen. Which I think most of fandom would rather have no Akira than bad Akira. Well, than just Akira as a film. You well, know? Dragon Ball did prove that. Yeah, you're right. They would rather not have the Dragon Ball movie than the Dragon Ball movie they don't want to watch. Right. I didn't see the Dragon Ball movie. Did you see the Dragon Ball movie? I did not dare. Was okay. Live action? Even Dragon Ball fans Yes, you've forgotten. There dare. was, about two years oh. ago, a mm-hmm. Dragon Ball Z uh, film. I made this deal with Mephisto. With Spike? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and and, and th- that movie never happened? Well, it never happened. I still live in the old continuity, continuity where I know Peter Parker's secret identity. Oh. But well, Did yes. you hear about the other uh, movie news this week? Oh, uh, dear. Another director who walked. Tell me. Uh, so the Uncharted movie, based on the Uncharted video games, um, and fans have been kind David 
O. Russell? David O. Russell. You know, uh, and it's not Irish. It's David O. o. Russell. Yes. Yeah. Um, so he had been brought on board. The O apparently excited. stands for obnoxious. It's like O. Selznick. You know, there is no O. I yes. Mean, come on. Right. I know. It's a pretentious um, thing. That's why I go by the H. Top exactly. of the morning to you. Know. you. Hey. Exactly. Um, We're so going into uncharted waters. <laughs> go ahead. So a big thing about that, though... Uh, well, okay, so he was just coming off of The Fighter. Everybody was really excited. We're getting another big director doing a genre project. Right. Uh, first thing he does is cast Mark Wahlberg in the role of Nathan Fillion, essentially. So uh, people were kind of perplexed. like, Which well, is why weird because, uh, yes. Yeah. But Fillion himself was like, you know, okay, he's a star. And Fillion is, smaller, has announced you know. his uh, rap career. He's going to he has? Wow. No, I'm just kidding. That would be interesting. Well, you go for Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, Never they, mind. They, go just, ahead. they switch places. Go ahead. You know, they yeah. switch lives. Yes. It's like an 80s movie. Um, but, yeah. So, uh, the other news that then came out was his the way he saw the movie progressing, making about a family of, um, like, artifact protectors, you know, protecting artifacts from thieves, you know, globally, which is if, if not I could, if Uncharted. I, yeah, if um, I could stop and ask you that question mm-hmm. right there is, yeah. doesn't Uncharted have a plot? Isn't that why they wanted it to d- make a it, film? Exactly. It is a license, and thus you should have something you know, similar to what you are licensing. Uh, oh, no, you're just taking license <laughs> with the license. You are taking license with the license. You are not licensed to do that. Um, so it, I'm yeah, not licensed the, to do the, anything. The fan outcry was kind of, yeah, at that point, it was like, we really don't have any faith in that. Um, but, you know, it simmered down a little bit because they got a new game coming out. They just kind of seemed to not care about the movie. And I guess the producers understood that. And now uh, David O. Russell has walked from the project, citing creative differences. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. That's, that's excellent. I mean, I, I'm going to bet, I'm gonna bet that he's going to go to the top of the list to direct The Wolverine. That would now be interesting. That, now that... Uh, Oh, what was his name? Darren Aronofsky yeah, was, yeah. Uh, had left uh, the Wolverine. So we so didn't. Maybe it would be a more politically look, look active Wolverine, thing, so. I guess. You know? uh, maybe. I don't know. I mean, Three Kings Wolverine. Uh-huh. Well, you know, shot in Japan. Again, we benefited okay. so w- well from um, da- from Darren Aronofsky leaving the Wolverine. Did we? Uh, uh, well, I did because that mm-hmm. left Hugh Jackman free to do two weeks of a, of a, of a one-man uh, musical tribute oh, okay, so. at the Curran, and that was awesome. So our loss is your gain. It was my gain, and Toronto's uh. gain because now uh, he's going to take his show on the road and do it. And i got to say, it was a fantastic one-man show. You in Toronto. I, we, I want to break for a moment and uh, bring the lovely Debbie Bertsnyder up Uh-oh. onto uh, stage. Is she? Uh, Debbie's not uh, paying uh, attention. She's, she's deep into... Uh, you're, uh, you're reading blameless, I understand, but um, and you're blameless <laughs> in you're not paying attention to us. But Rick just mm-hmm. called and just name-checked and said he needed to bring you up. Come to the mic. Come to the mic. Do I, should I give her a prize? No. 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 I no just Why am I coming to the mic? Okay, so Good yesterday question. in the newspaper you spotted a story and you said Derek needs some of this for the podcast today. Remember that story? Uh-oh, the look of pain on her face oh, has uh, to do with... Uh, oh, Orlando Bloom is now going to be in The Hobbit, even though Legolas is not, not in, in the story, The Hobbit. Well, we know that. I, you no, know, I mean, that's... But yeah, it that was in the New York Times. Give him a scar and make him... Well, again, pain. if you didn't uh, need proof uh, that we, we are... The geeks have inherited the earth. Yeah. This is, you know, again... No problem. Never mind that we're still fighting wars on in three countries, uh, but, yeah. <laughs> but, Orlando but Orlando Bloom's going to be on The Hobbit. Um, no offense to Orlando Bloom, but do we really care that much? I'm going to say this much. The only mm. movie in which I thought that uh, Orlando Bloom was even vaguely interesting, well, not the only three movies, were the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Nah. So, uh, you know, I'm... I'm not a, a fan of Elizabeth Town, are you? Uh, not really. No, very, very no. hurt and offended by Elizabeth <laughs> Town, actually. Offended? I'm offended wow. when Cameron Crowe, whose every other movie I had ever loved, I had loved. Uh, <laughs> every one of his movies I had loved. And then Elizabeth Town and came then, on and I went, uh, Why? I can't breathe. I'm sitting in the back going, All the oxygen has been sucked out of this room. I blame Orlando Bloom. And then sitting through yeah. a trilogy of Pirates movies going, yeah, why are you? Why are we? Why is yeah. Will Turner still here? Who we do not you? care about Will Turner. I you thought they the were going to kill back, him. Right? Yeah, it's, it's over. It's over. Yeah. Um, but apparently, audiences agreed with that because I wanted to say that now they're blaming 3D for the reason that uh, On Stranger Tides did not do as well as previous installments had. 
Mm-hmm. Although the global story is apparently international audiences have less taste than American ones because uh, On Stranger Tides made more money internationally than any of the I other pirate films. I find that incredibly hard. USA. 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 But they're US. blaming they're blaming 3D. And I would say I think audiences are starting to realize that throwing... Well, I knew when Yogi Bear went 3D, a film which had no point wow. in being 3D and almost no point in existing. A pleasant enough entertainment for children... I will go ahead and say I'm trying not to be so harsh on movies for kids when kids actually do enjoy these movies and I don't want to get on their cases about it going, really? Did you, what about the mise-en-scene? Did you yeah. find, uh, you know, there's <laughs> you something, there's something a little pretentious about it. Yeah. I'm not going to teach my children that vocabulary. I'm trying to be just a good, hey, whatever. We're going to have to talk it. about the Yogi Bear metaphors and the, the yeah. connection Absolute. to Sartre. The well, actually, Yogi mean? Bear did have an environmentalist message, okay. um, which I can't fault. And so if a five-year-old watches Yogi Bear and thinks, I want to go to a national park and where's the talking bear, until the first one gets eaten, I'm okay with this. <laughs> you know, <laughs> until the actual disaster happens. Yeah, a couple of levels of caveat in there. But yeah, Once the Grolder Bear shows up, yeah. uh, you know, oh, they look cute. So uh, anyway, yeah, so Pirates on Stranger Tides, which I don't think we even talked about on Stranger Tides. We did, we, we briefly, Wait. on the but podcast last week. Yeah. There but there you go. I mean, the interest of it in the first place seems to be I liked down. The Mermaid. Okay, I, but go that's ahead. the one thing I always hear from everybody. And the siren was good, even though I didn't. Well, the mermaid and the siren are the same character. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I thought that was an interesting and and one of those again where there's a novel apparently called On Stranger Tides. Yeah, and Tim MC Powers. Ooh. Oh my gosh, is it Tim Powers? Yes, the same one that Chris Garcia has been going around talking about. Tim Powers. I yes. smell lawsuit. No, so, no, 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 no. They give him credit. No, they they bought the novel. And they bought the novel. San Jose Mercury News reviewer. And is, so explain is, this to me because I had no idea. Okay, I didn't so understand it. San Jose Mercury News. Because you know I don't have time to read anything that doesn't have comics in it. The, the San Jose Mercury News man. reviewer, no, when, he, when he trashed the movie, was going through and he's saying, in the credits it says, based on a story by Tim Powers. And then the guy says, whatever that means. And I'm going, it means there was a novel like eight years ago by Tim Powers called On Stain Changer Tides about pirates that had mermaids in it, had magic in it. You read, you, you read it. So uh, that's they. They basically they. I don't know if they. They bu- paid him. They I don't know him. if they. I don't know if they wrote the script and then found out that it was very close to what no, Powers no, no. had written, they, or if they, they were flailing they were, around. Uh, I can say it. I, okay. I, I, I looking knew, for any pirate they, story. They were looking her. for. They didn't know what to do. Mm. They knew that they couldn't bring back Orlando Bloom and Kira Knightley, and then they wanted to focus on it being uh, Johnny Depp and. And Jeffrey Rush, because that's what Johnny Depp wanted to focus on. And apparently, and I read an interview actually with um, Jeffrey Rush, who said that the script was originally turned in without Captain Barbosa. And Johnny Depp said the only thing that I find that I found fun in the last one was the repartee between us. The interplay between the so they brought they found a reason to bring him back in. But yeah, they had found the novel on Stranger Tides, and they bought that. So Tim Powers was paid. Yeah. And it doesn't say based on a story. It says based on the novel, on Stranger, or, or suggested by the novel on Stranger Tides by Tim and Powers. My yes. hope here is that mm-hmm. Tim Powers gets gets noted in Hollywood and they make more of his books into movies because he's got some terrific stuff that would just be. I, I, I didn't think. I didn't think. I, I did not think that the plot was that bad. I just think it was just. I just didn't care about much. Of I have that. to loan you Anubis Gates. You have to read Anubis Gates. Mm. Just, I, you know, I've got a yeah, anyway. All right, you've got nothing. I, <laughs> I've got a stack of books, including the one that uh, Debbie's punk. reading right now. This uh, one goes to the top of your stack. Oh, really? Okay, yes, it does. I still have to finish Pride and Prejudice. You, as a, as an English wow. teacher, you will love this book. Okay, I've reached the end of and my time movie traveler. News, so, English how about any others? And as a as a time traveler, as an English teacher and, and time, time traveler, traveler, you will love this book. Okay, fine, fantastic. Yes. I must now travel to another. It'll teach era. you how to how to survive a poisoning too. Um, oh, you well, jerk! You promised never to bring that up again. <laughs> okay. Was it good poisoning though? No, no. Oh. But I survived it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> let's let's go out to our audience again. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, anybody have any? We uh, have fabulous prizes. We had a couple of people coming up. There uh, we go. I got manga stuff. I got movies. I got things. Hello, sir. Hello. My name is James Myers. Hello, My James. My question goes back to oh, the dear. movies. Oh, Ant Man. Oh. Ant-Man. Ant-Man. Is it ever going to happen? First, mm. I, first, I want to say we have to recognize what incredible poise James has standing there. Yes. At the he does have poise. And his delivery yes. was flawless. I, I, that was excellent. Kudos. kudos. Excellent. Must see, sir. Uh, yes. Uh, oh, very nice. The last we know uh, is that, yes, um, 
I wanted. I was going to say Simon Pegg, and that is totally wrong. His the uh, Edgar Wright. Mm-hmm. Uh, Edgar Wright did mention. So uh, let's see. His uh, co his co writer, the one that just directed this film, Attack the Block, about uh, alien, about kids in, in East England, East London, uh, fighting off an alien invasion. Sort of the British take on the Spielberg early '80s genre. Right. Uh, is getting a huge anyway in publicity for Attack the Block, and I can't remember this guy's name, this other screenwriter's name. He mentioned that he and Edgar Wright have sat down again and have been working on another draft. Everybody, Kevin Feige keeps mentioning that he really uh, likes the idea. He wants to continue with it. There had been rumor that Joss Whedon was going to use uh, Nathan Fillion as Hank Pym. He even said that at Comic-Con, and everybody thought he was being serious. That was just too awesome to be true. And Joss Whedon just likes to be a smartass and say those things like, you know, Nathan Fillion is Hank Pym. And I think Fillion was even in the audience and went, yay! And it was like, you know, ten minutes later going, I was kidding, guys. Uh, Oh, So, um... And I actually, and I could say, I interviewed Simon Pegg a few years ago, and he said he was on. He would be excited if Edgar Wright turned around and asked him to be Hank Pym, um, which wouldn't be what people would think of for Ant Man, but why not? You know, uh, because everybody trusts that combination. It had kind of gotten slowed down a little bit because I think that Edgar, everybody expected Scott Pilgrim versus the World to do far better box office wise than it did. Uh, and then it did re- fairly well again on on home video, and sure. I think that's you know everybody's trying to weigh that. Is it are we going to spend a lot of money up front to do a movie that people will actually enjoy, but might not go to the theater to see? But that's Hollywood in general. Everyone mm. does. Everyone well, has no idea what to do to get the most amount of people into the theater. Don't you find that some movies you go, well, I like that I like that movie a lot, but I want to wait until I can get the Blu-ray so I can watch it and I can I can watch those frames over and see yeah. what's really happening in those scenes. I say that's things. what I think, and but I, I try that. to go to the movie. Yeah. Um, I, know, I, I go to the movie the first it's really time. It's, like a, it's for repeat customers, which is not customers. happening as I much. don't think we have the, re- the repeat business as much anymore. I think that the business is changing. Yeah. Exactly. And for exactly the reason you just cited, there are, uh, there are many of us. I mean, to think about it, 30 years ago, so when I was in high school, let, oh me, make, let me retcon yeah. and make myself, when I was in preschool 30 years yeah. ago, no, I, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to reset the, reset the wow. clock on Teething me. on a VHS wow. tape. But we didn't talk about, you know, there wasn't, it used to be Monday morning, you didn't have box office reports on Monday morning, and everybody talked about it. Now you've mm-hmm. got Saturday yeah. website right. headlines it's saying, this is what's taken the weekend, and we're predicting. Yeah. We've gone f- into They've the future two days, the day of and, and we know how much money it's going to make this weekend. And, and so I, I think that a lot of people are very, very movie savvy, not necessarily with any quality savvy to it either. I think it's just that pe- that's what people talk about. Um, and I, I, I think there's a, there will be a very expensive study done uh, that to justify what we already know is that everybody is talking and thinking in movies and we're not talking and thinking in anything of substance anymore. Well, I think, I think another important thing, though, about uh, the Ant-Man project is that was back in the Avi Arad era. Yeah, yeah. That, I remember Avi talking about that at a Cinequest years and years ago. It's probably about at so, least ten years ago when yeah. Avi was at, in San Jose. Yeah. Exactly. Well, well it was back about the um, you know it was during the whole Spider-Man era. It was before the Iron Man and Avengers. Well, and Ant- Ant-Man was now. part of the Artisan deal. If you remember, mm-hmm. Artisan Productions uh, had. <laughs> I don't know what actually who absorbed who and how they ended up, but that's how that's why Lionsgate still gets to release these animated projects from Marvel because I think that's uh, kind of buying off mm-hmm. that um, that old the deal number of pictures artists. that they have to produce. But they were the ones yeah. that had Iron Fist, they had Ant Man, they had Black Widow. Black Widows get subsumed into Iron Man, mm-hmm. and there's still talk about an Iron Fist, and no one's quite sure what's happening with that. But I I, I have hopes that Ant Man will come around and Ant Man will be funny. Still being Hank Pym, but with the with the attitude of the uh, what the, do they call that the in, the second one the uh, the, the incor- was, not the incorrigible it was inf- infamous oh yeah uh, the one that Robert inf- Kirkman wrote was uh, it infamous yeah. Ant Man or it was the, maybe it was the incorrigible Ant Man incorrigible or infamous who was the guy that stole the suit and the powers and used it to climb into the uh, above the shower head in uh, the women's uh, in, and the on the shield helicarrier yeah yes he was yes. disturbing disturbing character who became a hero in spite of himself it was an interesting take yeah mm-hmm. so maybe some kind of weird combination because um, the other thing is that in, in a lot of fans minds the problem with Henry, Hank Pym is that he is unfortunately linked as 
his defining character trait beyond he's a super genius is that he was a wife beater, mm-hmm. which was Jim Shooter revealed was an accident in art that the guy drew, that the artist drew incorrectly, uh, that what he wanted to have was that Hank Pym was like trying to brush brush past uh, what's it, Janet Van Dyne, the wasp, and kind of like I'm frustrated and accidentally knocked her over. Which I'm sure, I mean, that happens at a convention on the floor here all this time and, and felt bad about it. And instead, the artists um, tried to make it really dynamic and had him decking her. And, uh, and it stuck and it got printed. Uh-huh. And then Bill Sienkiewicz actually said, went up to Jim Shooter, and I got to recommend this Jim Shooter blog that he's like, yeah. now that all the time has passed, he's taking This is my take on what really happened. And Bill Sienkiewicz said, I read your script, I knew exactly what you were going for, and I couldn't fix it. And they made it worse in the Ultimates. Yeah, and then they just kept oh, a- yeah. amping it up. Horrible. And so that's, people find that distasteful, which I can understand why, but it was an accident of editorial miscommunication. And but it's stuck. So you got to, you know, I, I don't know. I think they're, they're trying. They've got to figure out a way to just kind of reboot and figure out that distancing and saying Hank Pym is a complete. If that is who they're going to use as Ant Man, yeah. is a completely different characterization yeah. than what the media is going to pick up on because you know that's they'll what they're going to say. Go and find it. Well, they've read the old comics. Right. They've gone to the, the Marvel Essentials and said, "Oh look, he hit his wife, and mm-hmm. he's considered abusive, and he goes crazy because he has multiple right. personalities too." Yeah, you know, you know that was a great question. You can tell by just the breadth of wandering we did in answering it. So, so I'm going to offer up. I've got a Blu-ray here. Do you have a Blu-ray player here, sir? Uh-huh. <laughs> How about let's give it let's give it um, movie oh, oriented. Oh, oh. the way to workshop. How about an Art of District Nine coffee table book? Oh, I saw faces light up. There we go, sir. It's a lovely book. Thank you. Yes. So. Uh, yes. There might have been the letter they sent me. If you'd like to just hand me back the letter, that's fine. You don't need to keep that. But uh, <laughs> but anyway, there you go. So, uh, good. Let's talk television. I like TV. Do we have much to talk about? We we ran uh, last week was a final, an actual trailer for... Wait, that paper might be mine. Let me... Uh, <laughs> it might be a letter from <laughs> someone important to me. I don't to know. Whom it may concern. Does it look like it? This is your final notice. <laughs> <laughs> We're turning off the lights. No? Santa Clara County. He's going to read the whole letter before he decides if I should have it back or not. Yeah. Um, I feel uh, so... F- there you hey. go. Take the press release. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> anyway, last week, we, this past week, we, find, uh, we got a trailer, official trailer for Torchwood. Uh, yes. That oh, yes. What's yes, actually yes, going yes. on on the Torchwood Miracle Day? Uh, so... And, you know, I, I, sent, I sent that link out to all my friends on Facebook, yes. including a friend of mine who, who lives in England. Yeah, and he could not watch the link because that, it was I'm, banned in England. I'm finding ah. this very fascinating. They, they only have this short little link in England, but we had this long cinematic, awesome trailer. Yeah, it was a great looking trailer, and, and you can find it on the fa- on the Family Planet site. I do have it there, um, and yeah, I'm finding that interesting about how the BBC is approaching all this stuff. That because uh, I was going to bring up that you know after finally BBC America getting it right that Doctor Who was going to be on the same. Uh, same day and date as mm. as it's being broadcast in England. In order to cut down on the downloading, yeah, shall we say that it might ac- accidentally be happening? I don't know anything about that, but I've heard that it has happened. It happens viruses. Uh, that it happens. It's uh, a download. So we were all excited about that. That yay, we get like you know we're not, we're not hearing about it in internet. You know, after England's had it for two weeks. Uh, this weekend, of course, is Memorial Day. So BBC America decided that no one would be home to watch Doctor Who. Yeah. Last night, so they didn't show the second part of a two-parter, uh. and they're not going to show it until next week. And guess what? It's actually a three-parter. So we're already again, unless they're planning to, and I don't think they're going to show these two episodes two back to back time. next Saturday. American fans uh. are going to go nuts again. Going, it was what? Were, it, lasted, wasn't it was it? fun. Yeah. It was really good. So thanks, BBC, and all their publicity stuff is. Uh, they put on the BBC website promoting the next part, and here's and there's even a little uh, interstitial, like one minute mini episode, like they did for uh, the Impossible Astronaut. Right. Mm. Um, but you can't watch it if you're in the United States unless you find oh. it. Someone's already uploaded it to YouTube, and so you can find the link that way to watch this little thing. But you don't necessarily want to yet until you've watched uh, what's called the Almost People Part Two after. Uh, 
after this the, uh, uh, the, the rebel flesh, flesh yeah. the rebel flesh. Um, and so, wow, it's just kind of frustrating. And now it's kind of interesting to see the same thing is happening to people in England who want their torchwood. And this season, Miracle Day is very American oriented because they're going to establish sort of an American like torchwood group mm. that has to bring Captain Jack and uh, what's her name and Gwen Gwen uh, Gwen in uh, yeah. uh, to to help them solve the problem because huh. it's the day and the trailer looks fantastic. Bill Pullman oh, is man. a child killer who is being executed and the execution doesn't take. When you saw Bill Pullman in that first scene, did you well, think I knew De- that, did you think De Niro? No, I did not I, think I that. I totally thought wow. De Niro. No, huh. I did not, but that's okay cuz he looks creepy. Yeah. Bill Pullman really looks creepy in this and and it, and the plot is because I guess he doesn't die, he founds like a religion and becomes the head of a huge he's religious being movement. Executed, obviously right. being getting the lethal well, injection. Said, he's getting the lethal injection because he is a child killer. This I know this much. Very of the plot. American, I got to say. And he d- he doesn't die. And then after four days, no one's dying, and no one's died, and they realize there's a consequence. Something must be causing that, and so the CIA. It try and including a CIA agent who has been run through, Mackay Pfeiffer, who's one of my favorite actors, mm. as a guy who is kind of underrated. People don't really get how deep that guy, probably because he spent so long on ER, and I think a lot yeah. of ER guys get kind of. But he was a really up and coming great character actor before he took that gig. Uh, gets run through with a pole, and so when they take it out, his heart's been pierced and he's still alive. And so he's with the CIA, and they've got to find out what can they do. And of course, the only organization on earth left. That specializes in re- solving really weird things is torchwood. Or is torchwood, but torchwood doesn't exist anymore. So they've got to find them and get them in. So yeah, I'm so excited for that. If you haven't seen that trailer, go find it. It is awesome. It's it's like it looks like a really good movie trailer, not an hour long episode of a TV show. Well, as I say, between Doctor Who and Torchwood, right now, all these big budget movies coming out this summer don't have me as excited as. Where's Doctor Who going? What's going to happen with Torchwood Miracle Day? Did yep. you hear about that other news? Uh, Doctor Who, uh, I think it was last week. Uh, you know, there was that little ratings kerfuffle that people were saying the premiere of the new season uh, was really low ratings in uh, in England. In England, yeah. Uh, they actually caught up with all the recordings. It's one of the biggest that I believe premieres, and it is the largest. Uh, it is the most recorded show in the history of. Uh, England. And I don't so, doubt it, you know, yeah. because here's the in a week, uh, in in eight days, I'm going to be flying to London, and in a plane, I, for in a plane, okay. New not super under cars. my own power. New yeah. super. I'm borrowing Bruce's suit. Yeah, uh, it's been Can't genetically it. modified for me. Uh, I'm hoping that the instruction manual is there, right, uh, with you. Dang it, is I'm that afraid a snack not. Snack panel. Uh, anyway, um, so we're flying to London, uh, taking uh, some of my students to London for a theater tour, and the big thing that's over there. And maybe now I'm going to make tickets even harder to get. Is of course right now David Tennant, and uh, and Catherine Tate are starring as Benedict and Beatrice in Much Ado About Nothing on the West End, oh, and trying to explain to American my my American friends over here is like this is as if Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie had decided to just decide to do a stage show for just a, a few days. Um, the star power alone in England. I, I'm sure the J- mm. Catherine Tate would be. Awesomely, uh, she, she. This would be an awesome Beatrice. No, yeah. no, and, she, and, she, and this is what a she would guy. love you for comparing her with Angelina Jolie. Oh yeah, she would. I love Catherine Tate, I, and I, I and I was one she's of. She's a when, brilliant woman. When there were people that hated the idea that she was coming back as Donna because after the Runaway Bride, there was like she was kind of an obnoxious. Uh, yeah. And I was like, no, she is so brilliant because I'd watched some of her comedy sketches. I was like, she is brilliant. And then, Timing. And and mm-hmm. and, and then yeah. it just, you know, she's a great actress, and she was on The Office. And and there's rumor that she's going to be the new boss on The Office. Oh my god! Which would be just amazing. Yes. And, and American audiences deserve to see her. So, um, you know, to try to explain to people, and when I'd heard that Doctor Who ratings were down, I, I've got to say, no, you know, the thing is. Uh, now I've got to got to think uh, that who I talked to. Uh, there was something, I, but I've heard that basically, Doctor Who over there is like before Phantom Menace, the excitement of a new Star Wars episode. Yes, mm. each week, um, and that's what you know Doctor Who is to them. So it's like Star Wars and Shakespeare, and, the, and, and I'm going to a country where Shakespeare is something that everybody actually likes. Uh, is you know this is I mean, 
<laughs> seeing this much ado about nothing, which we don't have tickets for yet. So we're going to be trying to scramble in and, and go. Uh, I, and I'm so excited to be in the land of Shakespeare and Doctor Who. I can't tell you how jazzed I am about my life right now. Uh, the look <laughs> so, in his eye is beautiful. I know. I may cry. Yeah. Um, I may not come back. Sorry, guys. Um, so I, we've still got a lot of stuff. So if anybody else has any Zorlex uh, stuff, because I don't know about any other TV things that I wanted to talk about. Um, it's an opening for another question. Anybody uh, got it? Um, what, what's the date today? Uh, 30th? It's, it's the 30th? The, no. No, it's the 28th. 28th? 28th. 28th? 29th? 29th? No, is it? Wait a minute. Somebody with a, with a, with a phone. Come on. Tuesday's the 31st. Uh, Tuesday's the yeah, so 31st. This, this postmark doesn't help me. So, uh, so um, <coughs> if Tuesday's the 31st, the day must be the 29th. Go ahead. So, uh, as of today, the PlayStation Network is still down. Yes. Oh it was Lord. promised to be back up by the end of the month. Um, and uh, the news that I guess just broke uh, today uh, is, yeah, they're, I, I forget if it's the, I, it's one of the uh, major Sony guys being hauled up in front of Congress to talk about the PlayStation Network. They bridge. already asked him in front, they already had him in front of Congress, didn't yeah. they? Yeah. Well, uh, I mean. To ask, no, I mean, they to say what, quite, why isn't it? Yeah, to basically, you know, yell at him. You well, know. to basically say, why are you being so yeah. fast and loose with all these Americans' uh, personal information? Well, but th- yeah, that said, though they're talking to Americans, they're talking to the yeah. Americans. Well, and the other, so, but the yeah. other thing I would ask is, how many other companies are this fast and loose, and they just haven't been the target of a hack job yet? Well, and yeah, the, that's the problem. It seems like the uh, the hack job is targeting Sony specifically, and not for the same uh, way to get in, to, you know, each time, right? Right. Like every different Sony company is being hacked in a different way. And the big problem was that PSN had unencoded credit card numbers and information. And right, unencrypted. That was the big problem. Yeah, yeah. So, so cool. Yeah, so still. Uh, still yeah, I don't know. I mean, my but brother, it's up my, in Japan. my brother. Uh, no, actually, I heard it wasn't. That Japan wasn't going to allow it. No, Japan has no, been Japan, the most stringent. Just brought it up. No, yeah. Japan has been the most stringent in not allowing yeah. it. When when it came up in the U.S. and stuff, it was still down in Japan. Yeah. Because they okay. were saying, no, you have to prove to us your. your but they actually got right answers, now. whereas we just do a big show. Yeah. Well, they yeah. Do a political they were show. able to basically enable. They were. They could enable the multiplayer stuff mm-hmm. uh, in in America, like I guess a couple weeks ago, probably, which was a big deal because uh, people were actually jumping ship. All the Call of Duty people, you know, who needed every single day, were trading in their PS3s and copies of Call of Duty and buying Xboxes and copies wow. of Call of Duty. Because they just want that one game, and you only play that multiplayer. But then we hit the problem where, oh, you buy a new game, and how do we manage digital rights? You have to enter in a code on the PlayStation Store. Guess what you can't do with your game? You can't access this stuff because you need to enter in a code on something that does not currently exist. I see. Okay. Yeah. Fun. That's why I don't play multiplayer stuff. Did you have anything That's else on your agenda? Player. I don't really have anything else on my agenda, but I do have plenty of stuff to give away. Well, well, let's okay. let's give it one more time. Come up with a question. Just a, a, you know, Bruce is coming up. Uh-oh. Okay. Oh. Hello, I'm Bruce the Hate, and since you brought up my name and suit, yes, um, uh, Bruce is dressed as the greatest American hero. Yes. Do you know of any information on rumors about the movie? Any movie mm. coming up? Um, I think uh, the the last time uh, I talked to William Cat about it, just I mean, or just in, in conversation, uh, casually, is um, that a lot of things got at least put on hold after the death of of the creator Stephen J. Cannell died last fall, on, rather unexpectedly. So. Um, don't know. I had heard Nathan Fillion had expressed interest in being playing Ralph Hinckley, and it made sense. Stephen J. Cannell was a frequent guest star on uh, Castle, and so it seemed like a really good connection. And I, I and I asked uh, I I asked Bill Cat about it, and I asked uh, one of the producers on Castle, who I had known for for many years, and they kind of said, eh, you know, it's nice talk, nothing's really happening at this point." Now, but it does seem like it's it's a property that people like the idea, you know, and and I think that uh, you certainly see when even though it is paced very differently as a show from what kids are used to today, mm. you show a kid that show and they find it really fun, 
certain episodes. I mean, I'm sure there are also certain episodes that kind of make them go, uh, but you know, but like any show from the '80s. So I think that there's a possibility, but it's just not anything being actively pursued. Because the other thing was, you know, Owen Wilson was considered to play Ralph Hinckley for a while, and then he kind of, you know, had problems of his own and kind of became like a kid's pariah. Nobody really wanted. So you know, it, it's been I think a project sort of plagued by maybe bad timing and bad luck and a really good idea that could be fun but I'm afraid that maybe we're going to see somebody else get to that idea with a different property sooner than later I mean because really the Ant-Man thing would be a similar idea a guy finding a suit if you if you pursue that character a guy finding a suit he has no business wearing doing it would be considered close enough you know and that and that happens if one person has a property that has some seeming thematic connection then all the other properties that might be developed right now are kind of dead. Like mm-hmm. I'm hearing, you know, I'm hearing certain things that's it. You know, I've had a property that I've been kind of chopping around that uh, another thing got bought and they went, yep, nothing like that. We can't have anything that even smells tangentially like that, even though that thing that got bought has now been rejected. You know, so it's just kind of, nope, nope, it's dead. But in the meantime, if you've read the comic book, uh, okay. Bruce did read the comic, that three-issue, okay. which is also going to be tied up. I'm not sure what's going to happen with it. I saw a proof of a trade paperback on that, and I haven't seen a trade paperback. So, uh, Oh, could that be con- that because of Canel's death again? Or? Um, there's a lot of reasons, I think, okay. but I can't. I, That's you know, awkward. I'm not going to speculate. Yeah. Um, so I, I just want to stay friends with everybody. Uh, <laughs> so Well, let's... Uh, let's do you have a Blu-ray player? Okay. I, this is a very um, a, a, a geek-oriented World War II drama. We have David Tennant, Christopher Lee, and Bill Nighy in a World War II drama, spy drama called Glorious 39. So, enjoy. Thank you, thank you. Okay. <laughs> so, there we go. All right. Uh, anything else you wanted to talk about? Somebody else just sat down. So, Ooh, um. <laughs> we're nearing the end. Anybody else have anything to... I, I don't have anything. I think I've had a great time. I appreciate the audience hanging in there, and thank give you all give yourselves a round of applause. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah, you stayed longer than Debbie, uh, so she uh, just left. Oh, Thanks oh. very much. Well then, uh, I'm Derek McCaw, editor in chief of FanboyPlanet.com. For anybody listening or anybody here who hopefully is still listening, uh, write you know if you have any questions, comments, compliments, commentary, write into editor at FanboyPlanet.com. I'm Derek. I'm Jason Jackett. And I'm Rick Brett Snyder reminding you to use your powers only for good. Too bad no one will ever hear that. <laughs> and thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Lukeski at www.lukeski.com.